Hey, welcome to the One Link Podcast. I'm James, and I'm excited to be back here with Zach in the old recording studio. Zach, how are you rolling today? I'm doing well. Thanks, James. Glad to be back on with you. Excellent. And welcoming, we're, we're ending our Hindu podcast. We'd like to welcome back a very special guest, uh, our illustrious President Brad. Brad, welcome back to the One Link Podcast. Thank you. So am I now in guest status, James? Yeah, wow, that's... you're you're in guest status, and we are you've been in you've been in absentee status, and we're now putting you back in the driver's seat. Um, All right. Well, I'm, I'm glad to be back with you guys. You are knocking it out of the park on this Hindu series, so it's been fun to listen to it on my drive to and from work, and uh, I hope it really benefits our students, volunteers, everyone that might want to listen. Yeah, I know. I've I've definitely really enjoyed it. Well, I'm going to jump in here, James. I'm going to take the role of interviewing you guys because I want to hear. Uh, I've heard the the most of the podcast. There's one that just came out I haven't heard, but I want to just get some kind of final thoughts, takeaways. I think you've probably both learned, particularly you, James, since you did not work with the Hindu background people. Uh, you probably learned a lot through just these discussions and guests. So. Let me put it to you, Zach, first. Anything that you have come across as you guys have interviewed people that was new or that you hadn't already heard of or just insights that came from all that? Well, uh, obviously getting Julie's perspective on uh, ministering with women was not absolutely new. My wife and certainly my daughters um, have that context as well. But it was also good for her to get her opinion on kind of how reaching the students uh, in her area of South Asia was really fascinating and just how open it is, how open she was in being able to approach spiritual subjects with people right from the start. Um, she was really inspiring, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've talked about this a bit in our office, just in trying to help students prepare to go overseas. And that that's one of the issues that's come up is that we often think because these spiritual conversations are so awkward and difficult to get into, maybe in some, you know, some cases here in America, we think, oh, it's going to be so hard to talk to people over there, but they're actually very eager to get into these discussions. Is that some of what, what you saw through this as well? I knew that was true of the Muslim people I worked with, but it seems like uh, others such as Hindus also will openly talk about these things. Yeah, um, obviously that was my experience as well in general and uh, when we were there during our term. So it was fun to kind of hear that that's the case all over. And I think it should be encouraging for our students not to feel they need to be shy or not to, to be timid about approaching spiritual conversations with Hindus or people from South Asia who are usually very warm, very hospitable, very eager to talk and usually enjoy talking about all sorts of spiritual topics. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So James, how about you? I'm going to pitch it over to you since you were the, you're a newbie like mm -hmm. me in this area. Mm -hmm. What kind of things did you pick up on? Yeah, I think I definitely, I definitely just walked away from two or three of these interviews being like, man, I want to go find some, I want to go find some South Asians here in America. And just like this, this like eagerness to share. Sometimes I think it's like the grass always looks a little greener on the other side of the fence. There might be a little bit of that, but just really encouraged and really thinking about like, wow, there, there is such a great opportunity to share. And then also just from some knowledge of, of some of the wonderful things God's doing at this point in time in that part of the world, I think it's just an exciting opportunity to get to go there. I hope 
as I'm traveling around to various and sundry places, I, I definitely want to have my eye more open for people from South Asia. And I even thinking back to uh, a guy I met through the work I did before I joined One Link, you know, and we had a friendship and stuff, but it's like, I think I could have went to the gospel a lot quicker and maybe use some better questions to have tried to engage more in that. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So having worked uh, with a Buddhist people group, predominantly Buddhist people, I know you there's plenty of probably atheists or non-religious people you were connecting with too, but what are some been some of your sort of comparing and contrasting as you've learned about Hindus? Um, I feel like at least compared to, to my Buddhist people, they were they seem to be a lot more openly spiritual or spiritual seems to come into their lives in a lot more a lot more often and a lot more regular, like they're a lot more aware of it. I feel like I feel like my Buddhists were, you know, it's like, ah, you go to the temple maybe when you need something, you go to the temple once a year, once a month. Uh, they had these local high places that they kind of wrapped together with with Buddhism and they would go up there a little bit more often, you know, and do some kind of sacrifice. But in terms of like just this, I think, I think part of it because of the atheism that had been pushed in the country for so long, maybe I feel like some of theirs, it just seemed like more suppressed or they just were not as interested in spiritual conversations where I feel like, like listening to the people that we talked with, it just seemed Hindus were much more eager to engage about spiritual things. Mm -hmm. I'll say that uh, it it's, there's a lot of that in South Asians as well especially those who are college students or educated in Western types of systems or even study abroad, you know, there is a lot of the idea that Hinduism is a cultural part of our life. And so we participate in the festivals and we enjoy the history and the culture that I've grown up in, uh, enjoying, you know, the holidays and all those processes are fond memories of my childhood. But as far as actually understanding the concepts or the, the the theology of it is is very rare and and unnecessary mm -hmm. for many. I mean, one thing we learned, I think, from Hinduism is that it's really hard to get a grasp on what exactly it is and how to approach maybe apologetically um, talking to Hindus, which is really not always a big nece necessity. So that's that's one of the things I think that there's a lot of similarities to Buddhism in the sense that there's a lot of it is nominal or cultural. Yeah. So uh, you, you've mentioned this uh, and I think a couple of your guests have as well, just how hard it is to kind of fully wrap your mind around Hinduism. Uh, you know, Zach, your favorite, my favorite quote of yours from all this has been understanding Hinduism is like nailing jello to the wall or something like that. So it's tricky, very, very, very different worldview. So, you know, here's our students. They say, okay, we may not be able to fully wrap our mind around it, but give us, give us like the big points. So after all this, you've said, what are sort of your big takeaways for people if they want to start engaging Hindu background people? I think that if I were to be honest, studying Hinduism is probably not necessary <laughs> to begin to engage them. Learn Hinduism from whoever it is, the Hindu you're sitting across from. Ask them good questions and find out what it is that they actually believe and go from there. Hinduism is so different in concept from, from any of the 
you might say, um, Abrahamic religions, that it's it's best to sort of just say, hey, tell me about it and try to learn from that point, because it'll often blow your mind. Some of the things they're talking about, they won't make a lot of sense to you because they're just kind of outside your paradigm. On that hand, on that point, just just ask good questions and try to find out where they're at, because the truth is, is a lot of Hindus do not understand themselves a lot of these deeper concepts, so it's not necessary to to sort of approach it from that standpoint, really address it from a standpoint of how, what does it mean to you? How do you uh, worship? What, uh, you know, what are your uh, needs in life? And, and how does this, you know, cross section with that on a practical level? And I think you can go from there to just share from your own experience about how Christ has changed you and go from there. There's not always a lot of benefit to understanding the deep philosophical differences of Hinduism, because there's just so varied um, among them. So it's not really often worth it to approach it from that standpoint. James, what would you say to that question, kind of the big big takeaways? I don't know. I, I go back to this. I, I only had like one experience with Hindu background believers, really. It was like a week in South Asia, a little country, and I was reading their testimonies and like 80% of them had had come to faith through somebody in their family being healed or themselves being healed like they had they had like seen God's power and they had recognized it but then we were going through like this story cloth from Genesis to the resurrection and you know these kids at all kids they're like 19 20 that all that all been believers two or three years and they knew the creation story and they did not know any other story in the old testament there was like one older believer that was a student there that knew it some of the teachers did but there was like this this vast knowledge gap and so they like knuckled down and learned them but i kind of think about what zach was just saying there like they haven't necessarily learned all the things behind what was happening in hinduism and so they almost treated you know they really believe man they could they could pray with power pray with faith, you know, for people to be healed. And they'd experienced a lot of it, but they hadn't went down and learned it. And I think from, I think from my perspective, you know, definitely, definitely look for opportunities to pray for needs, but then, you know, being open and honest. And I, I picked this up from what Julie said, and I think a couple of other guests too, of like, just like right out of the bat, Hey, listen, I, I, I'm a follower of Jesus. I, I believe in this. And like, this is something important to me. And like, I'm going to have that coming out in the first conversation, but then how I present that's going to going to depend on what questions I'm asking, like Zach says, and what they're answering. And I'm going to look for the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and maybe I'm going to share share something God's done in my life, like an experiential thing, and maybe I'm going to share share a story from the Bible that relates to what they're going through and letting the Word of God be powerful. Yeah, that's a good word. Okay. Well, guys, this is your last shot at uh, future students and current listeners that are intrigued about Hinduism. Any parting shots? Well, I would just say even every day I cross, you know, um, the city that I live in here, Wichita, and cross Wichita State Campus, I run across uh, South Asians. And my wife and I are attuned to that. We joke at each other when we walk into a Walmart, uh, we can find the South Asians uh, in a vast, you know, <laughs> sea of of goods uh, on on a short moment's notice because we're just attuned to that. But if you look around you, you will find internationals and particularly South Asians all over. 
And they're so eager and so open to friendship. Walk up to them, introduce yourself and say, I'd just like to learn a little bit more about where you're from and why you're here. I think they would love that. Uh, I met a guy in a Nepali restaurant and I have plans to have coffee with him on Saturday and just from meeting him in the restaurant. So it's it's not hard at all to begin to establish some relationships with these folks and they're all over the place and they are hungry for relationships with Americans because they're here, they're away from their culture, they're lonely and they tend to keep around themselves unless somebody comes into their circles and engages with them. And I would encourage all our students to do that and really gain a heart for them. And that will give you a desire then to potentially go overseas and and see what, what their lives are like in their areas where they live. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that was our experience too. Uh, before we had kids, we were living here in an apartment complex. And I think some of the, you know, like the aerospace industry here and several other places kind of draw an international workforce. And we were just walking out around the apartment complex and saw some South Asians sitting in lawn chairs and went up and Next thing you know, we were eating at their house, you know, just all sorts of uh, open doors. So pretty, um, pretty amazing how easy it is to connect. Mm-hmm. And we knew nothing, but they were, you know, we just kind of stumbled forward and tried to learn about them. And they were very open to that. So I think that's a good word. Mm-hmm. How about you, James? Any parting shots? Yeah, I think the other thing, just as I was thinking about what we're, what we're going to talk about, I think sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm so excited about the opportunity. But I'm also reminded like there is a there is a dark underbelly to it, too. You know, there is sometimes there's safety issues, there's abuse, there's trafficking and that you're going to if you're going overseas there, you're going to you need to be prepared for the spiritual warfare of that. You need to be prepared to face some of that kind of stuff and experience being being around those kind of environments. But at the same time, like all the more reason to go. The only thing that's going to fix that is Jesus. Yeah, and if you're here in the States, whether you're a campus ministry or you're a church or you're an alumni listening to this, I just the question I pose is like, what would it what would it be like if you and your church or your campus ministry or your groups of campus ministries, you said like no single international student or international worker is going to come here in our city and not be invited into a home and not be invited to church at some point in time. Like every one of them is going to get contacted and it's going to experience at least a little bit of Christian love. I think that could do tremendous, tremendous things. That's great, James. Well, we have a handful of teams uh, that'll be, Lord willing, engaging Hindus this summer. And they're just starting. We're wrapping up all of our team formation, you know, final little things this week. And so they're already starting into getting ready to meet together and do all their requirements and all that to get overseas this month. What our audience that faithfully prays and supports us, what prayer requests would you to give for them to pray for these students, the one, the American college students that are going, that is? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, as uh, James mentioned, they're going to be entering in a very different context and a culture that is so foreign to them that yeah it's just going to blow them away and there's going to be a lot of spiritual warfare you might say a lot of visual um, idolatry um, wherever they go and it it is it does burden your heart for these people and to know that they have sold their 
hearts and souls to uh, to an empty idol. And that that is difficult. The other thing about it is the masses and the mass numbers of people in South Asia. It is uh, the largest concentration of lostness on the earth, just the massive numbers of people and uh, is really difficult for our students. They just feel, how can I do this? How can I have an impact here? So help them just pray that you, you would uh, that they would be prepared to enter into that with just the motivation of, hey, let me just take it one by one, do what I can uh, with what I can that summer uh, and with this person in front of me. Do you have anything to that, James? Yeah, just begin praying for them to have those opportunities for those divine appointments, those people of peace. Pray for them to have wisdom beyond their years. Mm -hmm. Well, James, do you want to wrap up our Hindu series here by praying for us? And then we'll say our goodbyes. Yeah, certainly. Jesus, uh, we praise your name and we praise you for wanting to make your name known among the whole earth. And we praise you for the work that you're doing uh, among the Hindu part of the world or uh, part of South Asia. And God, we pray for more work. We pray for more eyes to be open. We pray that they would turn from darkness to light. Uh, we pray um, for our students that are going to go, Lord. We pray that you'd fill them with your spirit. We pray that they would go in your wisdom and in your power and that you would be preparing uh, students, uh, future friends for them across across on the other side of the ocean. We pray that you'd be preparing them now. And Lord, we pray for the team that they're the long-term workers that they're going to come alongside and join. We pray that they um, would be filled with energy and with rest and with peace and with purpose. And we pray that you would um, help them have ears to hear and eyes to see what you're doing there and so that they can be joining you in your plan and that they can have a place for our students to fit in well. And we pray that your name would be glorified. Um, and that the earth would be filled with Hindu background believers that serve you and worship you. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. Well, guys, well done on the series. Appreciate all your efforts and had some tremendous guests. So we'll have to give them a, a big thank you as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll see you next time on the One Link Podcast. Bye, guys. Yeah. Yeah.